Those who are fortunate enough to visit Lake Superior will tell you of her beauty, her serenity, her sometimes crystal clear, green, ocean-like waters, and the peace she bestowed upon them. Those that live near Lake Superior will tell you tales of sea monsters, shipwrecks, heavy lake effect snowfalls, and hidden, ripping currents that have claimed countless lives. Lake Superior is a moody and dangerous beauty, with a temper that flares hot enough to ruffle up waves just over 30 feet, taking down 350 ships in her stormy waters and consuming an estimated 10,000 lives. We can't blame her too much for her fiery temper. After all, while all Great Lakes were born of glaciers, Lake Superior was given her first breath of life by volcanoes. Magma flowed for 20 million years, creating a sinking behemoth rock basin that would later cradle her glacial waters. Despite her fiery beginnings, her water is frigidly cold which brings on the saying that Lake Superior doesn't give up her dead. Bodies don't float in her waters. Her icy cold core slows the reproduction of the bacteria that allow bodies to float. She is mysterious, and even she carries secrets, like how she sunk the Edmund Fitzgerald in 1975. Was it simply a storm, or was it a series of rogue waves dubbed the Three Sisters? Even so, She is also a bringer of peace, self-discovery, and awe when she decides to grace our souls with her calm, glassy water as she swallows up the sun. From her waves, she leaves us little treasures to remind us that no matter how the world may break us, tear at us, and throw us away, we may be spit out as refined, unique, colorful gems such as the glass she polishes into beautiful beach glass, On her shores, she shares clues of her billion-year-old geological history and pieces of her story with the wide variety of rocks and minerals she churns out of her ancient waters. It is said that Lake Superior's beach glass is a snapshot of her raw power and may help the wearer adjust to life's changes, provide comfort and optimism through tough times, and stand as a reminder of the wearer's strength and beauty. Her stones are believed to carry a glimpse of her ancient energy, reminding us that we are all on a journey to improve ourselves. Perfect world. Perfect. Hello. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Here we are. Talking about Gigi Gumi. Like superior. Never gives up her dead. Like a da 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 Spice Girl song, but I was singing it in gibberish. <laughs> oh, that's great. Love it. All right, where should we start now that you had that lovely intro? Wherever we want. Ever we want. Well, I like that you talked about the average temperature in Lake Superior. Did you know it never exceeds 68 degrees? That is the warmest that it's ever gotten. 
Well, it makes sense to me. The average is 36 degrees, so... And it never actually fully ices over either because it's just so big. And this year there was some articles that I saw about fishermen getting trapped out on Lake Superior because they were on a piece of ice, ice fishing, and then it broke off. And they were stranded out there. Yep. Just floating around on the lake. That would be terrifying. That always freaked me out when I lived up there because they would have ice fishing competitions on the bay. And there was actually an ice road that went from Ashland to Bayfield. You could drive on, but they would all park next to each other like it was a fucking parking lot. And then they would leave their vehicles out there and it would be 40, 50 degree day and you could hear the ice cracking. It's like, you motherfuckers are going to all fall down. You're all going to fall under there. Like, I don't care how thick that ice is. It's still going to crack apart because all those tides under there. And then there was the power plant and the currents around the power plant were all really warm and that's really good fishing because the fishies like it over there well what do you think is going to happen with that warmer water and the moving water yeah just like you don't go ice fishing where there's a spring in a lake or on the river right that's how people die we know that there's 350 plus shipwrecks on lake superior i wonder how many cars are down there and trucks Me too. Me too. I know there's at least 10,000 bodies in there from all the shipwrecks and swimmers getting taken away by the currents that you were talking about. Greg and his family, he grew up there. His mom and dad both grew up there too. They've lost a lot of friends and people that they knew from high school from the currents. It just takes you. Just going swimming in the lake is dangerous, even in the bay. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Lake Superior is a badass bitch, man. It's the largest lake in the world. So it's very ocean-like, but it's not salt water, obviously. No, it actually holds 10% of the whole world's fresh water. 10%. It can cover North and South America with one foot of water. And if you stretch out the shoreline, it goes from Duluth, Minnesota, all the way to the Bahamas. And she's actually as big as Maine, the whole state of Maine. That's just crazy to me. can fit all the other Great Lakes into Lake Superior, plus an additional three Lake Eries. You can put the Empire State Building in the deepest part of Lake Superior, and the only part of the building that would stick through the surface is the antenna. That's fucking insane. Just to give you an idea of what we're working with here, Lake Superior doesn't have a tide, but it does have what's called a seiche, and that's when the water piles up on one side of the lake due to wind or high barometric pressures. And then it goes to the other side of the lake, kind of back and forth. So that's what gives it that tide-like thing. <laughs> <laughs> that tide-like thing. That's what it, that's what that is, Sash. I didn't do any research on this, but I've always thought that there were those magnetic plates where the Earth's crust comes together because it was a volcano underneath. It was a volcano for lots of years. And so I wonder if that also has to do with the tide-like things. Oh. When those shift, it's like earthquakes underneath the lake. There's also, I'll touch on this too when I tell you about my Lake Superior cryptid, but there's also underwater caves. 
And it said that we haven't explored all of them. Obviously, I mean, the lake is 1,333 feet deep at its deepest point. But it said that these caves are like tunnels to other lakes. And I've heard that about other Wisconsin lakes, that there's tunnels, like cave tunnels, that lead into other bodies of water. That's creepy. I wonder if that is to do with the volcanic history of it. Because it was a volcano for so long and just spilling over all this molten lava and it made basalt, which is the most common rock that you would find in Lake Superior. It's just the molten lava that came up and dried on the surface. And it actually at one point made a big wall. So when the glaciers came through, it kind of held it off a little bit. And that's why there's a driftless area in Wisconsin where the glaciers didn't absolutely flatten everything out. Ooh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I wonder if that's part of it, the way the lava formed and then the glaciers melted into it to make the lake. Did you know that in the wintertime when she does freeze, that it makes little ice volcanoes? What? Yeah, there's ice volcanoes. And you can kind of see this on the south shore in the bay, Shawamigan Bay, where the waves would crash and break and it would slowly build up and make these walls of ice. Well, then on calm days, it would all freeze around in a circle and there'd be like a hole straight up through these little volcanoes. And that's where it's kind of like acidic it'll come up and it'll bubble up through the top of it it's not magma but they make little ice volcanoes i thought it was cool oh that is super cool i want to go they get pretty tall too like 25 feet high oh man that's almost as tall as the waves that can sometimes be on lake superior up to 31 33 feet I think that was the biggest one that was ever recorded was 33 feet and there's people who actually surf on those waves Really? Uh Uh-huh. There's this man who does ice surfing. He's from the UP, so you can imagine. Oh, shout out to the Upers. (laughs) They're so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Just like us. So we get along, I hope. Yeah, there's something in the water. (laughs) Lake Superior water. Dead bodies. I thought it was so cute. Everybody that lives south of the Mackinac Bridge, is that what it is? But everybody south of that bridge that connects the UP and the bottom half, they call the people that live underneath there trolls because <laughs> they live under the bridge. That's kind of cute. I like it. Uh, do we talk about how with that average cold temperature that Lake Superior has, that's why she doesn't give up her dead? Bodies don't float. They don't float. They sink to the bottom. And most everywhere else, bodies float. Dead bodies float. We've seen this. My grandpa was a cop. He told me stories about it. They turn white and they get all bloated and basically fall apart. Not like Superior. Because the reason they float and bloat like that is because of the bacteria that multiplies to decompose the bodies. It can't do that in Lake Superior because it's too cold. So they just sit down there. And from, what was it, 350 shipwrecks and all those bodies are freaking down there. They're all down there growing their wax. Adipocel, also known as corpse wax, grave wax, or mortuary wax, is a wax-like substance formed by the anaerobic bacterial hydrolysis of fat and tissue, such as body fat and corpses. And since it's so cold, there's no bacteria that can decompose it, so it turns into... 
corpse wax. Like lard. And its formation, putrefaction, is replaced by a permanent firm cast of fatty tissues, internal organs, and the face. Mmm, yummy. Slice off a cheek and make you some soap. Give it to your neighbor, your mother-in-law? Oh yeah, the one that you don't like. You can make her homemade soap out of that. You can put it in your cookies in place of lard. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. You can also put it in our drink. Ew. Yeah, I'm going to add that to the recipe. (laughs) Drunk witches! Want to be out there. And apparently November is the worst time to be out there. There's a seasonal storm that happens on Lake Superior that has been dubbed the Witch of November. It's the most dangerous storm that occurs every year where most of the shipwrecks happen and the most lives are lost and like mysterious things happen. So there's one that I read about. It was November 21st, 1902. There was a 200 foot ship called the Bannockburn. That's probably not how you say it, but that's how I'm going to say it. It was carrying a load of wheat and there was a crew of 21 people. So the ship along with the crew just disappeared without a trace. They left Thunder Bay, Canada. And shortly after that, they were just gone. There was no trace of them anywhere. There was no signals from them. Absolutely nothing. And then there was another one, November 23rd. Also in November 1953, an Air Force radar controller spotted a strange craft flying in restricted airspace over Lake Superior. So a crew took off in a military jet from the Kinross Air Force Base to catch up with this UFO. The pilot was Felix Moncla Jr. He was able to close in on the UFO with the help of 1,000 hours flight experience. So he's not a noob. He knows what he's doing. The radar controllers back on base watched in horror as the UFO blip and the jet blip merged into one blip on the screen, and then they just both completely vanished. So it was thought that the two crafts maybe collided, and they hoped the pilot and everybody were able to bail before crashing into Lake Superior. So a search was conducted, a very extensive search. And to this day, none of the men or any parts of the plane have ever turned up anywhere. They've never been able to find pieces of the planes, nothing. Weird. And then there's another one. November 24th, 1918, 78 men aboard two different French ships met their fates when gale force winds ripped across the open water and just swallowed them up. And I believe this was near Isle Royale, which is a big island in Lake Superior. It's actually a national park. And several searches for the wreck were conducted, including one in modern day. And they were never able to find the wreck. Nothing. And there was one other ship that was along with them. So there were actually three French ships. Only one of the ships made it back and nobody knows what happened to the other two. Couldn't find any trace of them with all these searches. Even I think it was in like 2016. They were trying to find it and just never found anything. Aliens. There's even like tourist traps where you can go and you can look at the shipwrecks underneath the water and everything. You can see them like you should be able to find them. And it's not like it's the Atlantic or Pacific fucking ocean, but nobody's ever found it. 
Well, especially with that underground, underwater radar stuff that we have these days, too. Mm-hmm. So that kind of feeds into this whole ghost ship thing, too. So legend has it that spotting a ghost ship while on the moody waters of Lake Superior foretells of dangerous, stormy conditions coming your way. So if you see a ghost ship, get the fuck off the lake. <laughs> but there is a kind of more famous ghost ship named the Hudson. It sank in September of 1901 and was reportedly spotted decades later by a tugboat captain. The captain tells of a rusty ship covered in slime, eerily floating along. So he does what any reasonable person would do. I mean, not me, but he boards this abandoned ship, right? Super cool. (gasps) Until he meets the ghost of the Hudson's captain who tells him to get off the ship or be lost forever. So the tugboat captain, he dives into the icy fucking Lake Superior water and swims back to his tugboat. Fuck yeah, I would too. Shit, I don't care how cold it is. Somebody was like, get off the ship or be lost forever. Yep. Bye. Yeah. Jump. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Flying Dutchman. Pretty much the Flying Dutchman of Lake Superior. So yeah. If you see that motherfucker, get away. There's a lot of stories like that about ghost ships on Lake Superior, but that one's really cool. I didn't know that somebody got on the ship. (laughs) I would. That's crazy. The tugboat captain isn't the one that told the story. It was his friend who's like a CEO of some company in Duluth, Minnesota, and it was his friend, so he didn't say the name or anything because the guy's super embarrassed. You know, he's like, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. But yeah, so he told the story for him. He's like, yeah, I got a friend and He found this ghost ship and met this ghost. How cool. Yeah, what the fuck, though? (laughs) But there are stories that where people are on their little boats, their tugboats, fishing boats, houseboats even, where they see all of a sudden, like, it gets really foggy. It could be in the middle of the day. And it gets really eerie. And they'll see a ship coming towards them. Sometimes they hear screams. Ew. Yeah, but not like human screams, unearthly, high and low pitched sounds. And then they see the ship coming out and they try and get away because you're supposed to get away. You're going to (laughs) die. Get off the lake because a storm's a brewing. Most likely. They can come out of nowhere. Well, it's just like with the lake effect snow. Once it starts fucking snowing, it just starts swirling around and hits you again. Oh my god, yes. I've definitely been caught in those storms before. It was the year Emma was born. We had 47 inches in a day and a half. It was crazy. There was a pile of snow in the middle of Main Street, and I couldn't even drive through it with my van. My van would just slide sideways. We had to tunnel out our fucking car. The dogs could walk over our six-foot fence, basically. I remember that. It was insane. (laughs) And these aren't just like little floofs. This is like white-out big hunks of snow. It's like snowballs falling from the sky. The lake effect is nuts. So you can imagine how the storm are. Greg and I used to chase the storms across the bay, which were absolutely amazing. That would be so much fun. Well, there's also tales of other creepy things in Lake Superior, too, like cryptids and shit. The cryptids of Lake Superior. There's a lot of them. I'm going to focus on one, but... Well, Wisconsin has a lot of cryptids in general, and we'll do a different episode on that. Mm Mm-hmm. First, I'm going to start off with a story that my husband told 
Okay, so I lived in this really crappy apartment building in Ashland. Like, as soon as I turned 18, got my own place. I got my Beagle Charlie, and there was this meth head who lives downstairs. He's a really nice guy. He's just a tweaker. Like, whatever, do your thing. He's always nice to me. I didn't really care. Um, And Greg actually became friends with him. And he told him this story one day when we we're sitting outside on the porch smoking cigs. And he told him that there's a kraken that lives <laughs> in the bay. And every 50 years or so, it pokes its head up and it opens its beak-like mouth. And all you can smell for like 100 miles around is thousands of of rotting corpses from its bird-like beak. (laughs) And the guy was like, what? No way. And he believed this. Like, (laughs) of course he did. He he did drugs. So don't do drugs, kids. Because that was just a bullshit story that Greg told. (laughs) But also, there's a story that circulates around Shawamigan Bay where there's a mass of garbage that floats around. Oh, yeah. And they actually have to put buoys around it and block off certain beaches when it floats into swimming areas or because they don't want people fishing there either. Right. So they'll watch it and put up the buoys so you don't go in there and stir it up or like drive your boats through it because it'll disperse it all over. It is one of the cleanest lakes, but you know, people are gross. People dump things. Yeah. I think there was a toxic waste plant that dumped a bunch of barrels by Bad River. And they were really upset because they were trying to get them moved out. Because if they were leaking into the lake, I mean, you're destroying it. Right. Back to the cryptids. Lots of Bigfoot sightings. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. And also Thunderbird sightings or pterodactyls. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Mm Mm-hmm. But the one that I have a special place in my heart for is called... I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to try not to butcher it. Mishipeshu. Oh. Have you heard of this? I've heard the name. Sometimes they call it Pressy, but I've also heard other Wisconsin lake monsters called Pressy before too, so I don't know if that's getting confused with Mishipeshu. But this goes as far back as the Ojibwe Native Americans. There's actually pictographs of this water dragon. And it translates to water panther or underwater wildcat. Ooh. Yeah. And they have lore about it, how it guarded the copper. There used to be thousands of pounds of copper. There's still copper in Lake Superior, but it would guard the treasure, and if you tried to take any copper, then it would curse you and follow you, and it was so much a part of their culture that they would sew depictions of this water panther onto their bags and the pictographs, of course, too. It was, like, forbidden to talk about. Like, you wouldn't really talk about it. You'd just be like, yeah, don't don't go steal the copper. That's Mishipeshu's children's playthings. But there's also stories about how Mishipeshu had copper scales, like a dragon with copper scales. And so you're really like stealing its scales when you were getting the copper. Okay. And this is also where if there is a legit water monster in Lake Superior, it's so deep. That would be a good place for it to live. 
And especially with the underwater caves and underwater tunnels, that's where it could hide. Yeah. Or if they were seen in other Wisconsin lakes, I mean, with the tunnels to the other lakes. Traveling between lakes to get to each other to breed. Mm. Because we don't know. We never go all the way to the bottom. 1,333 feet. So I'm just going to give you a description. It varies, of course, but this is how the Native Americans initially described it. Full grown like an adult, they said that they're about 75 to 80 feet long. They have a whale-like tail, and they have a horse, cat, or reptilian-like head, or like all of them combined. Ew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that as a Halloween costume. <laughs> get together with all our friends. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds cuter than the hodag. Oh, ew, yeah. The hodag. The hodag is so ugly. Rhinelander can keep it. <laughs> yeah, that's theirs. I'd rather have Mishipeshu. And it's said to have really big, sharp teeth. So it's obviously a carnivore. Oh, don't have them bite your nipples. Oh, God. <laughs> No. (laughs) It's supposed to have a long neck and a snake-like movement. And a lot of these stories describe its movement as undulating. Undulating? What is that? I'm glad that you asked. (laughs) Doing the worm kind of, but slower? Undulating. Yep. (laughs) That's basically exactly what it is. Undulating. It's smoothly rising and falling. A form or an outline. Like, so it's something you would see in the distance, undulating. <laughs> I like your little... <laughs> <laughs> Wiggling like a snake. <laughs> do you like my undulation? <laughs> <laughs> I like to watch you do it. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Voldemort. Like, he, he yeah. undulates. Yeah, that slithery fuck. The next time you see somebody dancing, just... I like the way you undulate. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really funny how it kept coming up. I was like, undulating, undulating, undulating. I saw that motherfucker undulating over there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. He had no business undulating in that bay. That's my part of the bay. You undulate somewhere else. (laughs) I was scared of that fucker's undulations. You should have seen him out there undulating like nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds dirty. Ew. (laughs) Just undulating away in the water over there. (laughs) Nobody look. Children, avert your eyes. Quit that undulating. (laughs) Quit it. (laughs) But, I mean, it, it does give you a description of, like, how it moves through the water. (laughs) <laughs> never want to see two of those mating oh god <laughs> the worst porno you've ever seen oh, <laughs> crocodile death rolls and snake like undulations wrapping their sphincters around <laughs> oh <laughs> prolapsed sphincters <laughs> <laughs> well if anybody's gonna do it it's mishapishu they're said to be, like, the reportings are a gray, green, or brown, black, and copper scales. Yeah, and they turn green when they're all rusty. 
copper turns green. I didn't even think about that. And they're supposed to have really big black eyes. Ew. The better to see you undulating with. (laughs) Don't let it spot you undulating. Otherwise, it'll undulate its way towards you. (laughs) So these reports have been traced back to 400 years ago, even before that. And then once we started colonizing and coming over as white people, there were missionaries and priests that made friends with the Native Americans and would trade stories and stuff. And there, it, this was like early 1600s. There was a priest said that they were out fishing and they caught one and it was a baby one in a net and it was 10 feet long. And it was like a lizard type thing caught in this net. And they ended up letting it go because they were so freaked out. Where They're like, we don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> I don't want it to undulate on me. <laughs> there was also a story that I read, which I didn't write down, but it was a fishing boat. And this was, I don't know, 1950s, 1960s, where they caught a dead one in their net and they pulled it up. And there's actually pictures online. Look up dead Lake Superior water monster. They couldn't get it back to shore because it stunk so bad once they got it up. But it was fucking huge and it's like all decayed and nasty. Yeah, you could smell it for a hundred miles out of that beak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Superior Kraken. The Ojibwe would tell stories about them coming onto land. They would crawl out of the water. They had flipper-like feet and claws, too. And sometimes they say they had cat paws. They were kind of like flippers. Water panther. Mm-hmm. But it would come out on the land and it would grab deer, like whole deer. There's another story about that in the 1990s. So this was early 1600s where the natives were telling the priests about this. There's another one. In the late 1800s, near Superior, Wisconsin, Duluth, Minnesota, that part of the lake, there were four people and they were out yachting and someone fell in. And there was a snake, like a giant snake-like creature that wrapped itself around this man and started pulling him under to drown. But right before he passed out, it let him go. And he surfaced. The other people, the other three people all witnessed it as well. And they were like, oh my God, could you imagine? Never mind. Fuck you. You stink. I just want to undulate towards you for a minute. I just want to undulate around (laughs) you. (laughs) In the 1930s, there were two steamships that saw an an underwater creature with humps undulating through the water and it started to follow them and it followed them for hours and it kept getting closer and closer it moved its tail kind of like a whale but sideways weird and it had these two humps that would go up and down in the water the third little hump was the tail moving and it slithered but two ships saw this. They were following each other and they were radioing back and forth. They're like, do you see this? What is that? And it would get closer and closer. And then it finally just left them alone. But they were really freaked out by it. They're like, it's definitely alive. This isn't garbage. It's not that buoyed garbage following you. Around. Right? <laughs> that undulating creature. And then I like this story. In 1977, this is... A story from the man named a man named Braun. Oh. He took his family swimming on Lake Superior. It doesn't really specify where on Lake Superior, but his account goes like this. 
When I looked out into the open water, I saw two very distinct bumps that were separated by just a few feet in between. First, one bump would go underwater, and then the next bump would do the same, but only after the first one had surfaced. And he had um, a 20 times spotting scope, which is like a really good binocular, basically. He was watching it for a while, and in his description, like he tells about it going east and west and coming up the the shoreline and it, it was getting closer and closer to him and it started moving like really rapidly towards him. He described it as moving like an anaconda in the water. You know how they like, swim? Yeah. But he said it was like it had the girth of a Volkswagen. Oh my. So think about this creature that's 75 feet long, 75 to 80 feet long with the girth of a fucking Volkswagen. That's terrifying. It's rapidly undulating towards you. It <laughs> ain't sexy. No, and it's like weaving through the rocks and stuff, like these big boulderous rocks that are on the shore. And it basically cornered him and his family. And he's like, go, family, go. But he also oh, had, he had a 35 millimeter camera and he set it on the rock and he took a picture. And that picture is online. It's really blurry and it's hard to see. And that's how all those pictures end up turning out. You know, it's you're not going to see it how you see it. You're not going right. to be able to show people how you see it. Right. But there is a picture. And then he has a little drawing, too, where he shows what it looked like to him. So you have a better idea of what it looks oh. like. And plus, it was, you know, 1977. It's a shitty camera, too. Yeah. You should check it out. But he said it stared at him for like 30 seconds and it had this this catfish-like whisker that came out of the tip of its nose and it would wiggle and it was like two feet long and it would just wiggle around. Ew. And it stared at him with those big eyes. Feeling it out like a snake tongue tasting the air around you? Oh. I wonder. Snakes do it. Yeah. I mean, I bet it would be really sensitive. It's like the unicorn of Lake Superior. It's its horn. (laughs) When we take the girls camping up there, watch out for the unicorn of Lake Superior. (laughs) I'm going to have to paint a picture of this because, like, I have a really cute image in my head of this big undulating monster <laughs> yeah put it in the studio oh it's it's like a mermaid unicorn dinosaur <laughs> oh uh-huh. we just want to be friends mishy Peshu, beautiful water panther that's also terrifying and then <laughs> the, okay so the last report that i found of mishy Peshu. That's documented online. I'm sure that there's more. Was these this group of young fishermen boys. They were on Lake Superior and they, I think they were on the shore. It didn't really say if they were in a boat or on the shore. But they watched this giant creature come out of the water and grab a buck that was taking a drink out of the water. And it, it snapped it in such a way that its head was the only thing that was left on the shore. <gasps> Mount that, son of a bitch. 
And it just like scooted back down into the water like a crocodile. Oh, gross. So that's my Mishu. Mishu Mishu. Mishi Peshu, Mishu Peshu. Nice to meet you. Mishi Peshu. Nice to meet you, Mishi Peshu. Say that ten times fast. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Mishi Peshu. 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 Can't do it. That's kind of like me singing that Spice Girls song earlier. Yeah. Never give up on the band. Never give up on the band. I love it. That's so cute. And I, okay, so not not all of these are around Lake Superior, but I just wanted to like give you a little list. Like you could take this out of the, the thing if you want. But Wisconsin cryptids. There's the Beast of Bray Road, mm. Baraboo Devil's Lake. There's supposedly a crack in there with tentacles that come out of the water, and they kill people on this boat. And there's been multiple sightings, and the Native Americans have lore about that, too. Ooh. There was somebody murdered there last summer, too. Ooh, last summer? Yeah. I'm like, now I really want to go. <laughs> right? On the trails in the state park. Let's do that. Let's let's go. And then there's a rock lake sea serpent named Rocky. Mm. And that one has lore about like underwater caves and tunnels and stuff too. Well, I mean, who is brave enough to fucking, can you even go all that fucking way under there? Probably not. You don't know what's in there. Cave things are Fucking freaky. And the deeper you go into the ocean, the shit gets creepier and fucking creepier. And we don't know still what's at the bottom of the fucking ocean in the deeper parts. Like, ooh, gross. Mishi Peshu. Undulating. Undulating in the cave. <laughs> dance party. They're <laughs> just having a dance party down there, you know? Just, like, wrapping their antennas around each other's. Other antennas and getting all sensual. <laughs> and then he's rapidly undulating. <laughs> That'd be so scary. I would fucking shit my pants. I do want to go kayaking and see like the, the shipwrecks and stuff. Yeah. But I'm also now afraid of Mishi Peshu like undulating underneath our kayaks and flipping us over and eating us. There's also uh, the Goat Man of Hogsback Road in Richfield. Ooh. And the Phantom Chickens in Seymour. Seymour Phantom Chicken. There's a Lizard Man. <gasps> lizard Man cometh. To the Lizard Man. The, the, the Lizard Man cometh for Toilet Boy. <laughs> toilet Boy. Toilet, toilet Boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's on Highway 13. But I guess it's in La Crosse. It's not up north. Or, like, because oh. I have a Highway 13 here, too, and Highway 13 in Ashland. The road right by your house is supposedly haunted. I see that one all the time. We have a skinwalker in the alley, I'm pretty sure. Oh, fuck that. Oh, so gross. We'll have to talk about, when we do our alien episode, we'll have to do aliens and then the skinwalkers and talk about our theory on that. Yeah. Because I think that's super interesting. It makes sense. 
Oh, I have a joke. Oh, just say it. Why don't seagulls fly over the sea? Or the bay? Shit. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> Why don't seagulls fly over the bay? Because then they'd be bagels. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Totally fucked it up the first time, though. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> Cassie, two jokes. Do you even have two? No. <laughs> She's gone down to one, folks. Well, I mean, the this, the puns I looked up for Lake Superior were really bad. And I was like, that's not even funny to me. <laughs> and I have bad jokes. <laughs> so I didn't think anybody else would want to hear them. Oh, that's funny. Okay, fine. You're excused. Well, as promised, I have some more light-hearted stories for you after last week's episode. So, now that we have an idea of what Lake Superior is and, like, how crazy and moody and beautiful but dangerous she is, there are some really cool things about Lake Superior that you can kind of keep with you. Um, Beach glass. I love beach glass. Oh, one of my favorite things. And it's funny. I first got into beach glass. We went on a family camping trip in the Apostle Islands um, to Madeline Island. And I was looking for pretty rocks along the shore. And my mom, she doesn't like to get wet. She doesn't want to be in the lake. She was kind of up walking in the dry part of the shore. And she found, she's like looking and she's like, oh, what is that? And she picks it up and it is a piece of amazing blue beach glass. And she gives it to me. She's like, what is this? And I was like, wow, I don't even know what that is. It's so cool. You know, and did a little research. And it's still to this day, my most prized piece of beach glass. Like it's a very good size. It's a really pretty blue. It's very frosty. So Beach class, it comes to be, you know, people are throwing garbage in the lake, uh, beer bottles, any kind of glass or from shipwrecks. Yeah. You can find, we've, you and I both found pieces of like decorative plates yeah. and stuff like that that have been smoothed out. And the glass gets broken and is tumbled by the waves into these smooth, beautiful pieces of what we know as beach glass. You know, they're thrown against the rocks, they go through. All this crazy stuff and through a couple of decades, usually 20 to 40 years. And it smooths them out and kind of gives them like a frosty appearance too. They're not as frosty as the ones that you would find in the ocean because it's not salt water, but they do still get frosty if they're nice old specimens. Because they go through all this trauma to become as beautiful as they are, they would be really good to use in shadow work and death magic. Death magic being as like uh, transformations and cycles. Good to use for perseverance. Any kind of change. Just to remind you of what your ultimate goal is. You're going through this really hard time and sometimes you're like, gosh, why am I doing this? And it just reminds you of what the goal is. The goal is to become beautiful, polished beach glass. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite things that I've come across to use because it can represent all of the elements. It's badass. You know, it's gone through all the shit from Lake Superior and we know how Lake Superior is. So 
It represents earth because sand is used to make glass. It represents fire because the glass is forged in fire. It also represents air because during the process of having this molten glass, you use these powerful streaks of air to help shape the glass. And then, of course, water because the water has refined the glass into this polished, beautiful thing. And I love how it kind of goes along with it. Like it's born out of the earth and then shaped a little bit with the fire and the air and then is refined by the water. My favorite pieces of beach glass are actually where lightning has struck the sand and it makes glass. Mm. Yeah, because it heats it up. Uh Uh-huh. It's so cool. Like if you ever find those pieces that are, they kind of look like lightning themselves. You'll find those wash up on the shore, too, because they'll be, you know, washed into Lake Superior and come back. That's really fucking cool. I've never found one of those, but I wouldn't mind having one. Gotta go after a storm. Very true. That's a good time to go in general, too, to look for things because the water's all turbulent and ruffling things up. So because they can represent all the elements and everything, it would be a really good thing to use, say, for an amulet, your altar, or like a little travel altar. You can just quick use a peach, a peach, a peach, use a peach, quick use a peach, (laughs) (laughs) use a piece of beach glass to kind of wrap all your elements up into one. Uh, You can use them in charm bags or for your like home protection, guardian or wards. It kind of covers all of that. And I thought it was really cool. There's a little bit of symbolism to me and the fact that my mom found it and introduced it to me because it represents all of the hard things that you go through in life and you, you know, you grow from it and you learn from it. You know, my mom has been through so much shit and she's still a badass bitch, you know. She is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I've just I've gone through all this shit in my life, but my mom's always just she's always let me make my own decisions even if they're not the right ones, you know? She's like there's no way you can control Amanda. This is not this just too bad, you know? But then she's been there for me and it's like, "Oh god, mom, what do I do now?" And she's just like, "Oh, okay. Well, now you just got to do this and this and you know, pick back up and Here's your first steps here and there and keep tumbling, keep tumbling along. Yep. Just keep on going. You have uh, people counting on you and you have responsibilities and you just need to keep your head up. And if you keep crashing into the rocks, eh, oh, well, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> kind of what the, the beach class really represents is those really hard changes, transformations, those life changing things that really form you and mold you into who you are. So. I love it. I thought of a couple other things because you you brought up Madeline Island. Did you ever hear about the peninsula that was on Madeline Island that sunk? I don't think so. There's still houses out on that peninsula and you can actually scuba dive down there. And it's so well preserved because of the temperature of the water and because of the type of sandstone and stuff that's down there like you can scuba dive into these houses and there's still like dishes in the cupboards and there's dollies and in bedrooms and stuff and like even the cloth is still down there and preserved that's creepy it is creepy i think we should check it out one of these days I, i never did go there like to that peninsula i don't think i ever found it but there's also something i want to find 
and we should go and find it together. But there's a an elf village. <gasps> oh, the elf. Is that's is that the one Matt talks about, or is that on? Oh no, it's on Madeline Island. Yeah, there's an elf oh. village on Madeline Island, and if you dig deep enough into the internet, you can find pictures of it. But it's like, it's it's really hard to find, honestly. But the Native Americans believed in the little people, and there is an elf village somewhere in the middle of the woods out there. <gasps> Fuck yeah. And there's no, like, there are deer paths to get back to it. Sure. But it's not what you think little tiny houses built with, like, nails and, you know, boards and stuff. They're, like, little rocks, and um, it's all covered in moss and, like, clay, and they have little yards and everything. Like, it looks ancient, like, ancient little ruins. That's so cool. I want to find it, too. We should take the girls absolutely that would be a fun adventure just go there every year until we find it yeah i have one more story for you cool and it's it's my favorite like superior experience ever um so my husband and i we went on our honeymoon in the upper peninsula of michigan and we went camping and we got to our second destination along um, the shore of Lake Superior and the whole way there, the whole drive, it's like five hour plus drive to where we went. And I'm just talking to like, I'm so excited. I really want to find a hagstone. They're so special. They're so cool. I really, really want to find one. And I'm just talking his ear off about this almost the whole way. So we get to the second destination and we were walking along the beach close to sunset. And I'm overplaying kind of by where the water meets the sand and he is just like kind of up in this really rocky area and he fucking trips. <laughs> he just, he, he fucking trips, right? And I'm like, oh, are you okay? And he like, all of a sudden he comes up and he's holding this rock in his hand and he's like, you'll never guess what I just found. And I was like, what? What'd you find? He found a hagstone. And it's the most beautiful hagstone I've ever seen. It's perfect. Post a picture of it on our Instagram. If you're not on our Instagram, it's two drunk witches, T-O-O, two drunk witches. I'll post a picture of it there because it really is. It's it's so perfect. It's such a great hagstone. And I was so excited. And he's like, yeah, I really wanted to find one for you because you were talking about it. And it was just so great. He found it. And it was on our honeymoon. And he has a knack for that kind of thing. I was trying to show him. And we were having a fire one night. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can go out in the woods right now and show you where blood root grows. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was like, yeah, come on. And we went down. And I was like, hmm, I thought it was somewhere over here. And he's like, okay, whatever. And he starts walking out of the woods. And then he just looks over and he points. And he's like, what is that? And I was like, blood root. The blood root. <laughs> He just likes to find things for me. It's so cute. (laughs) And he does. I don't know how he does it. Like, he just, he's like, I don't know. It just happens. So he just, he has a really cool knack for that. Aw. Yeah. So I was really excited. So if you don't know a whole lot about hagstones, they are stones with um, natural holes in them made by the water. They're considered sacred especially back then. They were sacred to witches. They were sacred to people who were not witches. Um, 
They were super magical because they were made by moving water. And moving water, it is said that you cannot curse it. So a hagstone is believed to carry that property. So it's major protection, perfect for an amulet, which I did wire wrap it and I wear it every single day and never take it off. And it's also said that you can use a hagstone to bind a fae to serve you. Ooh. I know it sounds mysterious, but I don't know if I'd be brave enough to do it. You're supposedly able to peep through them and be able to see the fairy world, fairy realm. Yeah, and it said that depending on where you find it, too, is what kind of fairy world you can get a glimpse into. Like, if you find it in the forest, it might be, like, the tree spirits. If you find it on the lake, it might be, like, the mer people or the water spirits that you're able to see or, like, connect with. Interesting. It said that you can activate your hagstone. You leave it out for one day and one night, and then you anoint it in the morning with dew. You collect dew, drops, dew water, and um, you can fine-tune your fey attraction skills by collecting the morning dew and pouring it through the hole and then putting a little bit on your third eye. Aw, I'll have to do that with mine that you found for me. And what's also really cool about hagstones and another reason they were coveted is because they're supposed to be able to kind of grant you this glimpse or access to the fae world without their influence or trickery. So you could see things as they are without the fae's fucking with you. Hmm. After you activate your hagstone and anoint yourself and your hagstone you can just kind of meditate with it and kind of go almost into like this daydream kind of state and then everything around you may get misty or hazy like it does on lake superior and you might see like movement or lights and if you're really lucky they might show themselves to you oh that's kind of like scrying yes that's what it reminded me of too And funny enough, uh, people used them back in the day to protect themselves against witches' magic because it's said that you can't work magic on or like curses or anything on a hagstone, right? It's protected from it. So people would actually put them like in their barns or on their fences, like to protect their livestock from witches taking (laughs) them in the night and riding them away into hell. (laughs) They're sacrificing them to the devil. (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot of captains would carry them on their ships to protect them and their men from mermaids. Oh. A lot of people put them on their doors for protection, like protect their household and the people in it from any kind of witchcraft. Or you could hang it in your bedroom above your head while you're sleeping. It's supposed to protect you from nightmares. Said that the hagstone gives the wearer the ability to see the truth and know if someone is lying. And it's also said that if a hagstone breaks, its power was used to protect a life. Oh, saved somebody with a hagstone. It saved somebody's life. I suppose if somebody's trying to curse you. Yeah. Your hagstone breaks. Mm Mm-hmm. Kept you from being cursed. Kept you from dying. Yeah. I was even more excited about it because the hagstone that I have that my husband found for me is like superior basalts. That's perfect. So it has all this great lake superior energy, which we've talked about how 
badass Lake Superior is. So it's really exciting. And then the basalt itself has its own characteristics and meanings. So it is the most common rock in Lake Superior because it was made from the molten lava that created it. Um, It represents strength, courage, vitality. It carries the energy of heat and fire. It's the power to live through today and tomorrow. And it's supposed to help diminish the negative aspects of one's character. So like using it in shadow work as well. It really represents the power within. Like you have the fire, you have the power within you to get through these transformations or hard changes in your life. So it also kind of goes in along, holds hands with sea glass, really. It's really light too. Like it just has that light airiness about it. Because it's lava rock. So like it's a good size, but it's not heavy. Yeah, which is perfect. Yeah, yours is yours is beautiful. I've never seen one like that. Like I've seen a bunch of hagstones and videos and pictures and stuff, but none like yours. It was already super polished. It's very smooth. Like I can't wait to post a picture of it. If you wanted to conjure your very own Lake Superior monster. <laughs> <laughs> Monster on the Beach. Oh, that's a good name for it. Mm-hmm. Monster on the Beach. Yeah, how would you how would you make that? Don't you can't look anything up. You have to make it up right now. Off the top of your head. A little bit of corpse wax. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of corpse wax. You put that on the bottom. And you put some ice cubes in and just get those ice cubes real coated. So they're slippery. Real what? Coated. Oh, it's like golden. <laughs> get them real golden. Golden. Didn't you know corpse wax is gold? No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> yeah, it sits at the bottom of your drink like it sits at the bottom of Lake Superior. I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, with really the icy cold, cold water. Yeah. Then green Gatorade. Absinthe. Absinthe. Absinthe green and green Gatorade. You'll be seeing those monsters popping up for sure. <laughs> Oh, you have to undulate it with the spoon. Undulate it. Put some Mountain Dew in there. I'm all undulating with Mountain Dew. (laughs) (laughs) Undulate it with a spoon. Undulate it really fast. Mountain Dew's not that fizzy, though. No. Pop rocks. Oh my god, yes. That'll make it undulate. Yeah. It'll undulate on its own with Pop Rocks. Making your own sash. The tad like thing. Yes, yes. Not controlled by the moon. No, 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 no. I think the sage actually comes from the undulating of the monsters, undulating under there, and it makes the tad because he's going to his girlfriend's house, so the tad's over here, and then he's going back home. Tad's over there, and his girlfriend has some babies, and they're undulating all over. Their mating season must be where they have their babies in November, and that's where the storm comes from. So all the babies are, like, not listening to their parents, being all crazy, and the waves are like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And the ships get tipped over, and they're eating everybody's deer. That's why the hunters over there can't get any deer, because the baby Mishy Peshus are eating them. Babies eating a whole deer. They're big babies. You probably don't actually want to make that drink. You know, I mean, you can just, no corpse wax. Use your brain. Use your noggin. 
also no drinking unless it's legal for you to do so. In the U.S., it's 21 or older. Bye. Yeah, so if you have any cool... (laughs) Bye. If you have any cool stories like that, we would love to hear them. We'd love to hear from you um, because we now have an email could direct message us on Instagram or you can email us at 2-T-O-O-DrunkWitches at gmail.com. Send us your cool stories, anything like that. Anything symbolic, synchronicities, creepy, spookies, cryptids, aliens, whatever, whatever. You pooped yesterday. Great. Yeah. What cheer you on? <laughs> Good job. We might even read it on air. We might. I mean, you never know unless you try, so... You know, shout out at us. We'd love to hear from you guys. So otherwise, catch us on Instagram at too 2 drunk witches or TikTok at the same 2 drunk witches. We've got some cute, funny TikToks up there and we will continue to make more. So two drunk witches. Check us out. And don't forget to stay tuned for Emma Spooky Tips or Sherry's. We'll see. Or Sherry's. Depends on who's naughtier. <laughs> yeah, it does depend on who's being naughty or what. But there will be little little spooky tips from a little girl. One of our little girls. They both sound alike, so you'd never be able to tell anyway. I know, they do. <laughs> they like to give clues as to what the next episode is going to be about, so it's worth listening to. They're really funny, too. They're cute. There are mini-me's. They are. They're so adorable. So that means we're adorable. Aww. <laughs> this dog who has two colored eyes has a story behind his eyes. And he can see everything. And when his parents are gone, he looks on the ground and then randomly just starts barking. I'm recording. All perfect. Nipple, nipple dipper action in there. (laughs) Nipple action. Nipple (laughs) dippers. Put them. Just put them on the little, little uh, body oil on the. Suction cups like you put on the window and stick them on your nips if you got itchy nips. Nipple dippers. Nipple dippers. Then you don't have to pinch them. <laughs> <laughs> to scratch them. Have your husband bite them. You can edit that out. <laughs> Put it at the end. <laughs> Perfect.